0: i mm-hmm. She never be pretending, not in this ring. She gonna tell you what she bought it, cause she know you can't afford
1: it. Know you can get it. Looking exquisite, no competition. Stay on the pivot. Ain't be watching, they be plotting. She's so motherfucking independent. Mama be pooped, got on her prime. She had to get out her
0: mama house. Daddy be tripping, now she be whipping. Ain't no more no granny couch. Fashion over got that that looking different. Make me wanna put her on the.
1: Hello and welcome everyone life. to the e-spot with Camille. I am your host, Camille Cower, and I'm so excited for you guys to meet today's guest. He went from gangster rap to Hasidic Orthodox Jewish rapper. And I just can't wait to find out how those two worlds came about because you went from D Black to Nassim Black. So tell us, how did that transition go about? And thank you for being my guest today.
0: Thank you for having me on uh, first. And uh, the transition was very, um, a very interesting one, but it was very, very much so difficult it wasn't as it wasn't as fast as you just said it right so yeah. it took, it was <laughs> which took it to a couple of times yeah, right right <laughs> it definitely yeah. was a journey you know really I just <clears throat> I have always had a very very deep soul um very very deep soul always been um and I've always been interested in in knowing more um about God knowing more about the things mm-hmm. that we can't see I've always been that type of person mm-hmm. um so this would manifest itself after I found myself into a world of just complete darkness in the, in the other rap world, the more secular rap world. And, you know, um, running with street guys, I was a part of a, of a gang as a kid by this time. I, you know, I wasn't so much a gangbanger, but I found myself back in these type of environments after, you know, running away from it the first time, found myself back into this hole and I ended up in a, um, a killer be killed situation with another rapper. And that made me really start thinking and it made me reflect and reflect on God and, and the things that were really important for me in life. And so after I was able to settle that situation and put that beef behind me, um, thank God I'm alive, the other person's alive. Um, and after I realized that the coast was clear, so to speak, I started to really evaluate my life and the way that I was living. And, um, and I just went on this journey of trying to find more, just like more than what I knew and um and my knowledge base um was pretty well in terms of islam i was a muslim as a kid my grandfather was a sunni muslim um i converted to christianity when i was 13 because of a it was a i was a part of a missionary group and um and judaism happened when i was away from everybody when i was just alone and i was able to pick up the text for myself and start doing my own research and um, I refell fell in love with the Bible from a different perspective. And I wanted to go deeper. I wanted to know what things meant. What did they mean in Hebrew? What book, what language was it written in? Who was the, you know, who was the, who was first? What religion was first? So, you know, how did this happen? How did it come to be? So I started digging very deep. And I think what happens is naturally as a person, um, at least I know for myself, as you make a transformation, everything about you makes a transformation, um, not even as extreme mm-hmm. as. And I say extreme, only to say that it's not something that I was familiar with seeing, obviously, growing up, somebody convert to Judaism, right? Um, But not even as extreme as that. It's
1: not very common in the Black community as well. So even on that standpoint, to go from, yeah, it's like so many different transitions with that and different language as well. So it's so interesting to hear it directly from you, how you went about it. Yeah,
0: Right. So... You you naturally begin to change the way that you think, the way that you talk, the way that you speak. You know, um, even if a person say he goes to, to he becomes a stronger Christian or becomes a Christian, even then the the language of a person changes. It goes from street talking to to church talk. You know, things start to change about the individual. As a, so going to Judaism, everything starts to change, and so the natural progression was the music also changed. The black no longer is around, and Nisim comes. Um, as mm-hmm. I made my transformation on the inside, it started to reflect outward.
1: Yeah, and that, and speak a little bit about how that transition was as well, in the sense of like. I feel like hip hop has changed a lot as well, where it used to be a lot more that it was explaining what kind of circumstances they were trying to escape or even make it more fun. And so like today's music, it's just, it's emphasizing all the wrong things. Like it's promoting such negative stereotypes and kind of encouraging that kind of lifestyle. And your music is so different from Mm -hmm. that. Was there ever any pushback or any, um, I guess, from your, from your team or so on, like, don't go religion, stick with mm-hmm. this. This is what sells. Keep doing the gangbang stuff. Like, right. was there ever that conversation had and how did you bring them over to the lighter topics?
0: So it was very interesting because when I decided to change initially, um, nobody really knew what was going to happen. You know, um, I think the first thing that really like had influenced me was, not to necessarily say that the record was so positive, but there was a there was a record by um little brother, uh Fonte and Pooh. Um they from
1: Raleigh, North Carolina? Yeah, from North
0: Carolina. <laughs> I don't have so much yeah. of a connection. My grandmother was born there, other than that, but Oh yeah, wow. Yeah. see. Who knew? That so, same. <laughs> so, but um so that when that album came out, the last, I think it was their last record together. I don't know, maybe they put one out since I stopped following, but it was called The Get Back. And I remember hearing that record and just like falling in love. It, it was like I refell fell in love with hip-hop. You know, it's like after a while you get into this like mode of constantly hearing the same thing and doing the same thing and the same gangsta rap. And I, 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 what happened was as I was making my transition, um, you know, spiritually is when I got a hold of this record. So it made me start rethinking the way that I heard hip-hop. And I think that, you know anybody that listens to it? They had a real clear influence on my Aliyah album, which came out um, after that. I did a song for uh, for for a producer from Seattle, Jake One. He had a very big album called the God uh, was album was called White Man Music, but I had a song on there called Um Godlike, and <clears throat> and that was like right in the middle of this transition of me going out of this world and coming into a new world, and I dropped that yeah. record by him. And it was actually a very big, big record. He had Buster Rhymes on there. He had uh, he had uh, Young Buck. This is when he was still in G Unit. There was a lot of uh, big names. Little Brother was on there. Pharrell. It was like a, it was like a real, a real opportunity for me. And everywhere he took it, the to DJ Premier, to every place, Everybody was like, who is this guy? You know. So that sort of like put me out. There. So it was all interesting because as I'm transforming, like I'm getting more and more like even disgusted with the game. But so I ended up putting out this record, Aliyah, which is like my last album. And I was like, I was a little scared because I was like, I think I'm about to lose people because I'm not shooting anybody on here. I'm not killing, I'm not even cursing, you know, I stopped, I stopped, I had already stopped cursing off the record. So it was hard for me to even like make records with cursing because like, it wasn't, it wasn't part of my reality anymore. And I've always been like that. I always wanted to be where my reality is. And so I put out that, and I was so shocked to see how much more people loved it, how much more fans I had, how much more people appreciated it. So um, it was very, very interesting. And that record, which I thought was going to be my end, so I did like my retirement party. I thought I was done. Until, like, God, like, <laughs> called me back to music again. And then, you know, and, and even when I came back, people were just like, at the beginning, it like, you know, I think this is just a little too positive, you know? <laughs> and, you know, you got you to gotta go <laughs> through it, you know? So that was my critique. Yeah. I, I'm happy it was that than something else. But, uh, and then after a while, you find your way and you find your audience and you look for the people that want to hear what you want to talk about, so.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, speak a little bit about that as well, because you mentioned that, um you were getting disgusted with the with the game. Mm-hmm. Can you share a little bit about what that means as opposed to now what you're, what's it like being on the other side of it? Because I'm sure there's other people out there that may be thinking about making that transition of going, like maybe they're tired of promoting hoeing and gunning and all right. of that stuff that's right. being put out there. And you right. were welcomed by your group. So can you share a little bit about that as well?
0: Well, one of the one of the main factors in that also too was around this time me and my, me and my wife had found out we were pregnant and I was going to be having not just a child, but a little girl. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're, if a person's at least sensitive enough to, to realize that, you know, the things that you're saying is not only going to affect your own kids, but then it makes you start to think about what about everybody else's little girls? What about everybody else's kids? And so, um, that became a big factor for me and how I made music. Cause I had to start thinking about people's children. I started thinking about my children, what would I want them to hear? What would I want them to reflect? And so, and at that time, like I said, I just got so disgusted because, you know, it was the same thing over and over and over again. You know what I mean? It's just about how much money somebody had. And I, and I don't think it was so much the repetition. It was just much more so like, what is this doing for me? How am I going to advance as a human being when I turn this on? You know what I'm saying? What does it make me feel? And if, if, it, if it's not inclining me to do something good with my life, then why include it in my life? It's like, it's like literally listening to that, to, to modern hip-hop music. Not I'm not going to say modern, just modern hip-hop music that is going along with the crowd. Everybody knows what type of music we're discussing. Like, mm-hmm. That is like inviting and having bad company in your life telling you constantly to do the wrong thing no matter if you as a person may have a different way that you would like to do things you're constantly putting bad advice you know um um, uh, bad ideas all these different things are are constantly being in your space and your environment every time you indulge and involve yourself in that music so since I, I wanted to elevate myself. I no longer could listen to this. I can no longer stomach it anymore because it, it just wasn't in the, the same direction of where I was going.
1: No, I love that because I always mention how words have power. And when you just keep repeating those same negative image, same words over and over again. If you're just singing along after a while, you're like, wait, why am I yell- screaming this or dancing around to this? This isn't right. the kind of image I would want my child to emulate or better right. yet, would want for someone to stereotype me as just right. based on this kind of music. So I t- hats off to you for that. Because yes. I love that, that you noticed that and wanted to make sure that there were other options. So people weren't stuck with only listening to same type of music that like you mentioned, right. with just giving them bad advice and bad information. because. Right with all of that information, if it, if there was even, cause I feel like there's a lot of mainstream that promotes negative. It's not just hip hop, like country music promotes drinking and right. cheating and so on. And then with rock music, it's the rebellion right. as well with that, or even with love songs where they're suggesting stalking and so on. Right. So there's a lot of that and a lot of different music, <laughs> but the point is like hip hop tends to be the music of the youth. And so it's one of those things where, um, even when I was growing up, I remember my grandmother being like, "Oh, you can't watch MTV, that's the devil's channel" and so on. And right. It's just <laughs> it's gotten to a point where it's like it's too extreme. Like there's no um like I remember growing up with my parents, they had songs like Brick House or different things like you right. didn't know exactly what it was talking about, but right. as you got older like, "Oh, that's right. what they mean." And with today's music, there isn't that. It's not it's not thinly veiled, it's straight up. They're telling you exactly what acts and things to do and even there's rappers that teach you how to um scam people so yeah, bad. on another level like i love that you're doing music that's going to encourage people to do things more positively and i wonder have you ever like n- since you've made that transition not only in your music but also in your personal life you actually left america and now you live in israel right what was that like because you know from the outside in, i did grow up abroad so i moved from a um, I moved to America as a 12-year-old, so I kind of did it backwards. So I'm wondering as an adult, moving your family to Israel, what was that transition like and what made you think or what encouraged you to make that transition to go to that extreme in a way, because you could just stay here and done.
0: Right. That's true. That's true. And in fact, I think from a business perspective, it probably even would have been better um, to, to be in America, especially for me. Um, But I, (laughs) I will say this, I always say, you know, when, when I'm asked this, I haven't been asked, you know, exactly like that, but I've been asked, you know, in a ballpark type of way, like why Israel, why would you do that? And, you know, Especially looking, like I said, it would have been better for me to be in America from a career standpoint. However, I always say like this, you know, if you wanted to um, get into the fashion world, right? People who are really dedicated to what they believe, they believe in themselves, they believe in their dreams. They will pick up and leave everything and go to Paris, and and rough it out to go be in Paris because they believe or or New York even New York because that's where the dreams. If they want to be in entertainment of any of any sort, they are going to give up everything and throw everything throughout to follow the dreams and move to L.A. because they they want to be in Hollywood or they want to be in the entertainment industry of some 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 fashion. For me. I wanted spirituality that much. And I wanted God that much that I felt like a place that was conducive to satisfy that yearning was to be here in Israel, right? Obviously, because it was a natural path of the religion that I was choosing. But even when you come here, this is a, this is a this is a center for not only Jews, but also Christians and Muslims are also here in this place because there's something in the air in this place that breathes spirituality, right? So um not even those are not the only religions I'm saying, there's even more. Um, but this has become a okay. base for a lot of people because there's something very, very spiritual. So if a person who as a person who wanted to pursue that, it was like nothing else. I want it more than I want to be entertainment more than I want my career more than I want, you know, uh, to be even connected to friends and family is to be here in this place that I believe in so much, you know, that, that, that the future of the world happens here in this place, you know? So I think Mm. that, uh, it was like sort of a no brainer as I'm like, picking up, and I'm going through the Bible again, and I'm looking at just the importance, you know, one of the biggest things, if you have a friend, and that person becomes your best friend, you not only start, you know, making the same jokes, you start laughing at the same things, you you know, you develop the same interest, and you start to... Have desires and you start to love the same things. You'll always have your differences, but there's a there's a, a certain when the friendship is a really, really close one. When you're really attached, you start to love and 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 admire and want the same things as your friend. And I was spending so much time with God and and praying and spending so much time that I start desiring also the same thing. And once I realized the importance of being in Israel and and how important this place was to God and how he set it apart, he sanctified it, whatever. I had to be here. It was just like not even a not even a question anymore about uh, what to do.
1: yeah, so what was the move like to yeah. go from Seattle, which is known for being a very liberal everybody come right. as you are type of area, at right. least in America that's how (laughs) how i think of seattle and then go to the mecca of all (laughs) religions and very um conservative in that way as well like how was that trans and how did your wife and family transition as well with all these changes it's it's
0: very good the kids did the easiest right because they were very young um my eldest was seven next after her was a three-year-old so the rest of the kids down i had four at the time when i moved we had two that were born here um so for us at the beginning you know you go through everything of just like Okay. Wow, I didn't realize I didn't know that much Hebrew. <laughs> you know, so you're trying to get and like you said, it's just a major culture shock of, of just the whole way. Like I always like, you know, Seattle is very passive aggressive. You know, very like mm-hmm. everybody come as you are. We love everyone, or unless you don't love what everybody else loves, and then you're like the enemy. So it's a very very interesting place of how it's like that. And in Israel, it's almost it's almost the exact opposite. Like, we're not going to be friends Mm -hmm. until there has been an aggressive encounter first, right? So it's like almost like the opposite type of thing. Like in Seattle, it's like as lovey-dovey and it can be very hard on the back end. Over here, it's like very hard on the front end and then you break through and you see everybody's really soft, you know? So it's a very interesting um, culture shocking, and getting used to certain things, getting used to uh, personal space, you know, especially in the more religious circles, it's almost like there's such a brotherhood that everybody's just bumping up against each other all the time. And where I come from, sometimes that means that you want to box, you know, so like, you know, so <laughs> it took a little bit from my <laughs> shoe getting stepped on again, bumped and getting pushed out of the way to get into places to realize that it's like, you know, it's a very interesting thing because of the, um, and I, and i had the privilege of, of learning this by by speaking to someone else on a on my own podcast um about the the fact that jews don't like to stand in lines. You don't really see it until you get here to Israel. Like there's no such thing as a line. You know what I mean? There's no single file, anything, but because of the Holocaust uh, standing in line to the gas chamber, you know, and the trauma that there's done to people. Mm -hmm. Um, So a lot of people here do not stand in lines and and have been raised that way. Jews don't stand in lines. So um, that's it. And I understand it. It's just very hard to get used to when you come from a place where it's like you don't get served unless you're in line. You know what I mean? Over here, it's just like yeah, right. whoever whoever t- starts talking first gets served, you know? So there was definitely some cultural differences. My wife also, too. Uh, but she I think she even adapted much faster than I did, you know? And I also had to adapt to being well-known and being famous, which I didn't also expect. I left Seattle as, like, you know, man can't be a prophet in his own hometown. I, I was just a regular guy. I went to Israel and... reporters at my house at 10 o'clock at night banging trying to get interviews and i had no idea to expect and what i was going to walk into neither so i had a lot of extra adjustments to make
1: (laughs) now were there any adjustments as far as race as well Mm -hmm. because i would imagine that that would be a big difference as well for not just you but also for your wife as well like like, what was that
0: absolutely it's been that has been like Uh, interesting journey because in america you don't get that as much you know which you do but you don't i think i didn't catch it really till you get over here and it's like people are very very you know closed off and only have been in their own neighborhoods and only seen their kind so like i always say like if you encounter racism in america that's usually attached to like you know Four hundred years of a of a way that people have been perceiving you it goes into the way that you've been portrayed in the media, the way we allow ourselves to be portrayed in the media. All of those things mm-hmm. contribute to why a person has a certain prejudice towards you. In Israel, you don't need all that. You just need to show up and look different than everybody else. That's it. <laughs> you know what I mean, and it's already I, <laughs> nobody here knows about slavery. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure more in the in the non-religious. What I'm saying, but like you know, in the circles that I encountered, people had no idea how black people got to america you know saying? like they have no idea they're just mm-hmm. like you look different than me you know and i'm calling it out you know what i'm saying how'd you get here and it's things like you know for me i don't get as much because like i said a lot of people know who i am but my kids have to get it from other kids kids are very cruel um so there's a lot mm-hmm. of damage repair that you have to do there for and and educating the parents that like okay i know this is israel and everybody's just rough but like this can damage your kid if they're growing up, if they're being called names, <laughs> and like, and they don't even think like that because it's like, oh, it's just, everybody gets bullied, man. It's okay, like you know. And it's like, no, stop, no, you cannot do that. You need right, to right. teach your kids that they can't, you know, behave this way. So, uh, you know, it's definitely been some adjusting and and working that out in your mind that where it's coming from because racism and and dealing with um prejudice from people, sometimes if a person, uh, our, our first natural instinct is like, boom, I need to handle this. I need to go. And it's like, first, let me figure out where this is even coming from. And it takes a lot of prayer and a lot mm-hmm. of working on yourself to get to that place to realize, like, why would the person even not know that it's not okay to say something like that? You know what I mean? So we definitely had to deal with that in in major ways and sit down with rabbis. The interesting thing is, like, it's lay people. The more and more the person is really connected, meaning that they're not just religious on the outside. I mean, they're really connected. You don't see such things, you know? You don't hear of such things. So. Um, it's definitely been an adjustment trying to get the kids in schools, and and not being able to get in certain schools because of your color. And it's and it's one of those things where it's like, wow, that sounds so crazy. But they also didn't let this person in because you know their wig was too too long, and and this one they didn't let in because their their, their grandparents aren't religious. And so this one, they like you know, so it, it's a lot of different oh, right. type of discrimination. Yeah. So once you know you're just like one of the many, it takes off some of the steam of just like feeling like. They're doing it because I'm <laughs> black. Well, I was like that's that's one thing you have. You know what I'm saying? That if you didn't have that, it'd be a different reason why you're disqualified from over here. So, um, but it, th- to I'd be lying if I said that that even made up a a significant percentage of what my whole entire journey has been. It's been very very small and okay. and, and insignificant. So oh, that's, that's a good part.
1: That is good because I. I was curious about that because of the timing since it was like 2016. I read that you moved over there. I was like, well, that was a a lot of stuff was going on here with race relations as well. So I was just curious if it, if there was any of that, that led you to want to hurry up and leave or um, also how you were received once you got there, but definitely being a VIP helps (laughs) no matter what side of the equation you're on. You know, I would
0: say on that though, it's like Mm -hmm. the thing about it, is like this i'm saying over here is very very interesting because that world and this world is is, they're so different they're so they're so world apart and 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 part of it is when people do have their prejudices you know against against us like we have to realize that that although it's unfair it's unfair for anybody to be uh treated with any type of racism or or prejudice or bigotry or anything like that but one thing that we allowed Mm -hmm. starting off where we started our conversation is the way we've allowed ourselves to be portrayed in the media the way we allow ourselves to be Mm -hmm. portrayed, uh be portrayed in the movies and all these other things for the quick check we destroy the whole entire culture and expect for people to be like you know treat us like regular dignified human beings when the only thing that they see You know what I'm saying? For a lot of people. I remember asking my friends, like, who were African and the Samoan kids, you know what I mean? Like, why their parents were like that. Like, they wouldn't let them hang out with black people like that. Like, you know, from the old country. After a while, they get, like, you know, starts to wear off. They start to intermingle a little bit. But the the older generations that were the first generations in America are very much so warning their kids to stay away from the black kids. And I wanted to know why. They said, because before we come there, all we see on the TV is... Black like people doing crime and being bad people. So in other countries, that's already what they have, the perception of us is because part of it is what we allow the media to control that narrative and number two we do it to ourselves we allow that to be Mm -hmm. the way that we're portraying ourselves so once people see that like wow hold on this person knows how to speak or whatever it's offensive initially yes when am i supposed to speak like a clown but (laughs) that's like yeah that's that's the perception of what they've Mm -hmm. been showed over and over and over again and it's up to us to not necessarily try to fight it on on the front end like but really to 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 go and show like listen we're human beings proper human beings we're upright human beings Mm -hmm. and 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 we and we also have this about us and this gift and this talent and and i think that uh i think that you know that's been a real big like push on my end is just like one thing we're not going to do. When I talk to my wife and I, we're not going to let anybody say that, you know, I'm not going to snap on somebody so they can say, oh yeah, see, I knew the whole time, you know, no, 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 You know, that's right. not, I'm not giving anybody any of those, uh any of those wishes. So.
1: Yeah. Right. No, I'm i right there with you. I That's part of the reason I do my show is because I know firsthand how many jobs I've had to turn down as an actor myself, just because I'm not doing that. I'm not going to portray my race mm-hmm. in that way. I hate when I'm on jobs and I'm portrayed as a single mom. So I always wear like, even if I don't get mm-hmm. a husband or a dad, I always wear my wedding stuff. I'm like, no, it's, right. no, you're not going to keep perpetuating that stereotype, but right. even more so, like you mentioned, some of it we do to ourselves and that's like part of the hip hop community mm-hmm. or even um, some of the movies and TV shows and so on. And, I had a um, music producer on and he made a point of saying that the amount of cuss words and um, illegal stuff that they put into hip hop music that actually end up winning awards would never happen in pop music or other genres. So it's definitely a machine that has been created since going back to the 1800s. That's how they were able to so quickly enslave us and um, portray us as not being human. And then even um, Nazis, they came to America to learn from us how to do, how to, um, dehumanize the Jews so it's a it's a thing it's a thing we're good at but we need to stop it right, right. <laughs> because it's really putting a lot of pressure on us to have to not be the angry black woman or right. the um, aggressive male or right. so many right. of those things is why we're getting killed in the streets are becoming hashtags so I love that you address that as well that that's something that needs to be changed and also put it on us as well to not accept all those opportunities because they're not really helping us right. move that wealth gap forward so um I would be, I would have to bring this up because so much has gone on during the time that you've been there since 2016 with COVID as well as um, the recent um, issues that's been going on with Palestine and so on. And I'm curious, how are you able to even navigate during those tough issues? Like, are, is your art going to show any of that with your upcoming album? Do you have any plans to even address some of those things that has been going on there. As Americans, we're kind of only given a certain point of view, depending on which news station, but you're there and you're obviously an artist. So artists have a way of portraying things in a way that really give voice to those that maybe would not otherwise be heard. So I'm curious what your thoughts are on all right. of the different things that's been going on there.
0: Yeah, I i, I, have, a, I have a great quality which happens to also be my weakness, like it is for many of us. Like my my, my greatest strength is my weakness, and I get so tunnel vision, like which is good because mm-hmm. it helps me like hone in on what I want to do. And then there's there's things that that you know that you miss out. You know, I I, I will I will definitely admit that I don't know enough about the Palestinian side, um, and and I will not absolutely will not. Um, except it from the news I'm not going to hear from the news mm-hmm. what I have been able to glean has been from riding with taxi drivers and I asked them the questions mm-hmm. and I've got very mixed reviews uh, to be quite honest it's not so uh so clear in terms of of even the origins of of where the Palestinian people come from um, the connection to Israel, that's not so clear. I've just talked to, I just wanted to hear from the people. So I'm going to ask the, the taxi drivers that were taking me when I spent my first uh, two two and a half years. I was here in Israel. I lived in Jerusalem. So, now, I live in a predominantly Jewish area. So, any taxi driver. I well, I have a car now, but at the beginning, the first two and a half years, I was taking taxis, and and I didn't care. Some people were very, you know, had fear, and so they would only ride with Jewish driver. I, I rode with whatever. I I would order a taxi from whoever, and I would I would get in, and I would start asking questions. They asked me questions. I want to ask them questions also, and mm-hmm. but I didn't get a sense of of a, um, I got a sense of people feeling like, and nobody had to hide anything from me because, you know, I was from America and they see me as an American. And that was a great opportunity to ask a person who's genuinely asking you questions. You can say and give over whatever you felt was important, what you felt was from your heart or any propaganda or whatever you wanted to. But what I got was from most people was just a sense of of like, this is just some straight up, Government, uh, you know them going back and forth, and it don't have nothing to do with the people, you know. And that's mm-hmm. what I—that was uh, what I was able to glean from most people. So I feel like, you know, whether it's our side, it's their side, whatever the case is, I think that these are the powers that be stirring this up, allowing this to to to, unfortunately people lose their lives i'm not saying that everything's 100% wrong on the news but i'm just saying that a good amount of it i don't think is really trustworthy i know that i was in in a karate class with my kids and all of a sudden the sirens start going off and we hear boom and we have to run to like that's my reality of my situation of what we had to do and for a few days we were you know on edge we had to fill up our shelter we all have a bomb shelter in our house in our houses most houses do and mm. it was filled with, you know, food and water and everything else. The kids weren't going to school. And we stayed close to make sure that, you know, not far from here, we've seen things. Not only that, there's been a lot of wildfires going on that it hasn't been that hot. for So for them to constantly happen. There's some suspicion right now that they keep being lit. I'm seeing forests on fire. You know, I, I spend a lot of time out in mm. the forest to go meditate. So I've already seen a few fires, you know, uh, near me. So this whole thing is like is is really, really tough. And I think it's way too complicated to be sold in a story on the news as if everybody knows exactly what's going on without dealing with the people. It's like, it's just to make great press. So for me personally, like I said, I, I'm, not, I'm not gonna say that I know everything about this conflict because I know what's going on. My tunnel vision tells me, right? That at the end of the mm-hmm, day, mm-hmm. that the indigenous people to this land is written out, and the only, only the the entire importance of what this land even is is because of the Bible. Whether the person believes it or they don't believe it, the only significance of this land it doesn't show up in the Quran. It's definitely not in any other books, right? So, so from from that perspective, to me, um it, it, it just it's very, very clear about what's supposed to be or whether it's supposed to be right now, whether it's at a later time or whatever. But this is the land of the Jewish people. Archaeology shows that. So I don't, I don't know what all these different arguments are that are going on about that because it's very, very clear. There's archaeology that dates back to thousands of years. How, how come it only works when you want to show something else about America or somewhere else in the world, or Greece or somewhere else, but the archaeology and everything else, it doesn't matter over here. So it's like, it's crazy. So, you know, that's pretty much my take on it. I, I pulled up to sites. I remember coming home one day and hearing rap music and it was all the Palestinian um, um, workers that were doing a uh, doing a remodel on one of the houses over there. They do a lot of the, the building work and different things like that. And they were all listening to my music, you know, so. Uh, that was a wonderful opportunity mm. for me to like go over and take pictures with these guys or whatever Palestinian guys. So it's like, you know, I don't really think, I think that it's, it's being sold in a way. And and like, how is it that after all this crazy conflict that went on, the moment the peace treaty goes and is done then all of a sudden, all the workers are back in the neighborhood to see Palestinians again. It's just like, come on, like that yeah. quick, they were so upset. And then that quick, it's like, yeah. it's okay. Like, I don't know. I don't buy it. That's, that's all I'm saying. I'm not buying it.
1: Now, it it sounds very familiar here as well because it's a lot of that, I think, so as well with Um, We've had all these different issues for a long time and the people of color here have kind of been very isolated and segregated from each other. And now with what happened with George Floyd, I feel like a lot of us have come together and just realized we're Mm -hmm. stronger together. Mm -hmm. And like you said, media will keep perpetrating things and make it seem like it's us versus them when, honestly, if we just all came together and just worked it out, we probably wouldn't have any of these issues. And so it's a matter of them just, they need to sell the time slots, right? Right. And just keep people scared. So. right. Of course people of color tend to be the bad guys or the different groups that are being hated on here and there to cut, keep that images going Absolutely um, So what is up for you in the future? So I heard you mention your podcast that you have um, your different podcasts that you're doing, but you also have a concert. I hear you're getting ready to start traveling again. Everything's opening back up. So that's exciting. So share with us all that's coming up and where we can keep up and follow and come to your concerts and all of the great
0: stuff. Thank you so much. Uh, So I do have a new podcast called The Deal um the deal with denise in black so that's streaming all the uh, the spotify platforms and um that's been really fun for me like you know <laughs> especially like you could just like do it from home i'm in my studio i'm in my home mm-hmm. nobody knows i'm in my socks um but the whole you know the whole <laughs> the whole thing of it is it's like being able to like technology be able to have great conversations with people and a lot of people like where I'm like going out of my way to talk to people where people would have been like, no, that's an odd conversation, you know? So that's, that's really fun for me. Um, gives me opportunity to be on the other side. Cause I'm always on the other side of the microphone um, and, and music right now. I'm just working on, um, working on uh, music right now for a play. I can't speak so much about it, but it's off Broadway play right now that I'm working on the, the music for. So I'm really, really excited about mm-hmm. that. Um, there is also new music coming. So I do have a, I have a new, I have new music and I'm really like blending styles. I like, you know, I, as much as like, I've, I've, I've gone back into doing much more like Hip hop style, much more like trap, positive type stuff. But I really miss dancing. You know, I like I like get back into my dancing, my two step. Like I'm just I'm old school. <laughs> I want to hear some I'm right there with years. you. I can't do these TikTok
1: dances. Right. Yeah. I'm like that's not dancing. That's like cheerleading dancing weirdness. I don't know. I I want to be able to like have a dance battle like you were mentioning. Right, right. <laughs> like old school stuff. Right. Yeah. So to I be like... able to do the kid and play or something.
0: Exactly. You know. So I'm feeling like right now I just want to get back to like doing stuff that where it's clear also I I I really I really got discouraged I'm not gonna lie and and you know no disrespect per se but a little bit disrespect intended but like that that little Nas X song that came out recently like really threw me for a loop and and I just really felt like you know I don't want to be in a place where this is going on (laughs) you know what I'm saying but this type of Uh, betrayal a portrayal of of who we are just even of of humanity it ain't so much about what he decides to do with his body but it's just the way that that comes over the satanism the shoe that followed up all of that Mm. really disturbed my my soul you know what I mean and I was like man I don't want to be on a playlist with this guy you understand what I'm saying I'm being honest that's how I felt about it like you know and so I just been really like just trying to get myself much more and I, I mean like I said it's a lot of stuff like you know as I mentioned before but like that was like one of the last straws for me and feeling like man I don't know what's gonna be but I, I want to be as far away from that as I could possibly be you know and um,
1: well I can understand from your standpoint being that you are um, an orthodox rapper and so on and I think I actually know the little Nas X song you're referring to and I think It was the way that media tried to portray it as well as that it was so anti-christianity but i think it's more on the sense of like for a long time the lgbtq community was being beaten down Mm -hmm. by the christian by christian groups by different religious groups so this was like his way of expressing how violent and how vicious they had been towards um, the gay community and Mm -hmm. just I do think it was a little extreme. (laughs) I would agree with you on that point. But I also know being on the receiving end of being in a, I'm in a, a, uh, my husband's white. And so I know what it's like when uh, people can use the Bible against your relationship. So I felt, I could feel that anger in him and I could see, because there was like a follow-up video where he's showing where he's at prom and nobody will talk to him. No one will play with or dance with him and just feeling um, in the closet and so on. So I could see the pain of what it's like to be ridiculed, but I understand also on your other side, like on the side of that you're coming from religious land and right. he's coming from complete opposite. So I like can see, see how that would be just, like, I don't want to be on the same playlist, it, it, but I think he was, really they was, they were really using it in the wrong it really,
0: way. It's mm-hmm. not about what he decides to do with his uh, body in terms of that. It's right. The, it's the betrayal, the, the images of, of the satanic being, you know, yeah. I'm saying I, whatever. I I don't go around smashing people because of their sexual orientation. There's there's plenty no, of things that I the know. Bible call a sin. Okay, but the 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 fact of how that came out and the human blood inside the shoe and all that, like that goes, and I'm not a Christian. So these are, these are Christians. were very upset yeah. about it. You know, uh, many Orthodox Jews don't even know that such a thing exists. I just happened in the world of hip hop. So everybody needed to make sure that I knew this was out there as soon as it came out, you know what I mean? And, and I just, I just felt like these are the things that I, you know, I wouldn't want my children being involved in, and I don't want you know what I'm saying. It just, it was just, it was a very, very dark, and it was a reminder for me that that. Uh, that's not a world I want to enter into. You know what I mean? So, no. That's what I mean.
1: And I agree. Because I mean, I felt like it was on the same level as um, WAP video in that yeah. sense, where I was just like, whoa, right, right, right. <gasps> I don't want my kid to ever see this either. Yeah, you know exactly, what I mean? Like I was just like, exactly. on the same level of just, it was just a little too crude, right. a little too, vis- the visuals were way too much. I, I agree with you hundred percent on that. Like it was definitely not needed no. to get the point across, but then when I realized what those images were meant, I was like, Oh, I can see what he means, but you, you're yeah. you making more enemies. You get more, man, that's almost it. Start a podcast, get with- man, <laughs> start a podcast. Yeah. you get more honey with butter. Yeah. Or what is it? You get more bees with honey than you do with vinegar, right. and that was very vinegary. Yeah. You <laughs> you're not start. helping the team,
0: because
1: right. yeah. right. I think uh, if he went the right way, you would be like, Oh, no, he can be on my plate, right, 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 but right. he did it the wrong
0: way, so yeah, I agree. With you him that. Him, him.
1: I don't want my kid to see God it, yeah. Him. He
0: should live a long life. He should be happy and healthy. I, you know, I just, you know, I was very, very disturbing for me, and and you know, that that would yeah. be the straws for me. So.
1: No, I understand because um I used to do. I got like I danced in a lot of different videos, but I never did hip hop videos. Cause like, Nope, I don't do the um, scantily clad stuff. Right, right. But I remember when I saw that video and she had to like also engage in kissing that I was like, what? Right. you just show up to work to dance. and next thing you know, you have to have, uh, you know, right. like I'm not doing all of that. Like they have to do too much. Like they don't pay you enough to do all the stuff that they're asking you to do or to now your images in, in this right. certain way. And like you mentioned earlier, like we're all paying for it. And mm. the way that, Israel might have portrayed Jews the same way middle America is going to portray us. Right. Or like anytime we travel abroad, they're going to make those assumptions. Right. And one of the joys I had is when I was growing up, a lot of the American TV shows were Dynasty and Dallas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they mm-hmm. portrayed us very, um, very nice. We had a better marketing team, I would say. Right, 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 um, for
0: sure. Even the it was Cosby, Diane Carroll. Even the cops. Yeah, you know, I don't <laughs> know what he did in his personal life, yeah. but the cop right. was a great Fresh
1: Prince of Bel Air. Fresh Prince of Bel Air. No cussing. Right. Like right. you mentioned before, all of right. that, and it was a positive image and showing moving from Philly and going to California and the changes that, and the different cultural changes with that, but also addressing the more important issues that were going on as well with like racism, right. uh, abortion, all the different things they were, they covered on that show as right. well. So. Right. Anyway, but you also have concerts coming up as well. Yes, I have concerts. So, when does up. that start and where will you be so traveling? Are you
0: in America? Yeah, July to start. And I'll okay. be primarily East Coast, just only East Coast, I think, on this trip. And then, you know, um, I think also too, I'll be as we move further into the summer, almost into the winter, I'll be in Hungary. And probably in Europe also, too. Dates are all going to sh- start showing up on social media very, very soon, all the dates. But I'll be in New York. I have a show in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, different different place in Pennsylvania, and also Philadelphia, the speaking engagements. So I'm excited to be back on the road. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm miss my family. Like, I, I, you know, God forced me to, to be at home more and more and more and more, right? And now I can't get enough of my family, my kids. Before I got on with you, I was playing Monopoly with my family. Like, you know, stuff that, you know, if you wouldn't have, that's a you game. Wouldn't have had 2020, <laughs> the, you know what I'm saying, that yeah. you wouldn't have even did that. My son won. But that's only because I had to leave early.
1: You're <laughs> <laughs> like, by default.
0: <laughs> Let's just make that clear. It was by default.
1: <laughs> so that's great. Um, no, I mean, I think with the pandemic, it did force a lot of people that were always on the road or with the music industry—it's a lot of, a lot of traveling, a lot of things you have to do in person. Right. So it gave you that opportunity to do a lot of things at home. Um, do you think in the future you'll be able to kind of hybrid that still, so you can still find that time for family time? Because it's got to be—I mean, they're yeah. at that age. Because I know you said there were seven in 2016, and you have six kids, so maybe you could take right. half with you, right? Half right. with the mom,
0: right. right? Well, <laughs> God willing, is yeah. another big opportunity, big acting opportunity that may sit me here in Israel. Uh, For quite a while. So I'm I'm hoping that that comes for two reasons. It's a great opportunity and Mm -hmm. I'll be able to be home and be working uh, with my family. So we'll see. I'm definitely trying to figure out more ways to at least, you know, consolidate all the trips. So there's not so much sporadic travel um, to where Mm. it's just tour at a time. And, and and that, you know, that'll give me more time to be home with my family, which I really like to be doing so.
1: Well, happy belated Father's Day on thank that you. note. Thank you very much. And thank you again for all this wonderful information about what you have going on and what, how you got here. Um, so is there any advice you would give to anybody starting out, just getting started, whether it, they decide to go the lighter route of mm-hmm. being something we can listen to in front of our kids
0: <laughs> or or not? Right. Um, I think, you know, the main thing is, I mean, that's all I can speak to is just that, you know, it's a very, very powerful thing. I've always said, uh, I've said it other times, I'll say it again, that, you know, having the responsibility of having people being attentive to you and listening to you for two to three minutes um, of their time, which, you know, even at one point, you, you have such power over that person, even if they're over the mood, over the feelings, over their emotions that you have a you have an amazing opportunity. We all have an amazing opportunity to be able to build and to give more life instead of giving more death. So I I think that it's a it's something that's very very huge and, and music can't be taken lightly. So I think that that's always should be a part of the consideration of is how is this going to make a person feel? What is it going to do to advance it to help a person mm-hmm. when you decide to make music and and how would you, you know, what do you want to do at the end of the day is ultimately to be able to be a person that changes other people's lives, you know, to really change other people's lives of what you're doing. So, um, you know, I think that that's the starting point after that, then, you know, it's a lot of technical things of making, making the right choices with the songs, right? Cadence, right? Right hooks, right? Everything else. But those things I think uh, are, are secondary to understanding like the base and the, and the foundation of it is uh, changing lives with music.
1: Oh, that's great. Well, thank you again for being my guest today. And if there's anything else you'd like to share, feel free to do so now. Otherwise, this has been great. I really appreciate it.
0: Thank you so much. I really appreciate it also. So thank you for having me on. And and God willing, see you either in America or here, you know.
1: Yeah, East Coast. Wait, if you have any North Carolina ones, I'll be there.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> I'm so ready for live music. Oh, my goodness. It's been too long. I can't
0: wait. I can't wait.
1: And knowing it's child-friendly, I might bring a new fan with me. All right. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much.
0: All right.
1: Well, that was my pleasure. Thanks again. Okay,
0: you too. Have a good one.
1: All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for tuning in to the eSpot with Camille. And check out Nisane Black. Make sure you follow him on Instagram, Facebook, everywhere. And also listen out for his podcast as well as YouTube. And thank you again for checking out Camille Cower.